Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Beth Guide, and I'm with SEO 411. And today's talk is going to be on WordPress plugins uh, and how and what are some of the best out there and some of the ones that you should be using. And we've, we've done a lot of trial and error with this um, through the years. So we're pretty well versed on what's a good one, what's a bad one, and how to, how to approach this. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that to my mind, really, if you're serious about internet marketing, WordPress really is the only way to go at this point in time. Uh, there, there are other platforms out there, but they don't integrate as well. They don't, Google doesn't recognize them as well. And it, to my mind, they're more problematic than they are anything else. Uh, and you can't really get to where you want to be with that. So that's uh, another problem um, that exists that we've talked about that ad nauseum about the Squarespace and the Wix and the Weebly and all, all of those. So I, I'm a big believer in WordPress. I'm a big believer that um, Google knows um, WordPress. They want WordPress. They want you to be using WordPress. They're actually building plugins for WordPress now. So that's kind of where we're going to start. Um, Basically, what a plugin is, is an, it's a way to expand the base reach of, of WordPress and a WordPress install. So I have one that is literally out of the box right now. Um, and it just, so I'm going to just log into this one right now so you can see kind of how sparse it is compared to, and I've been working this one set up. So um, this is a good jump off spot. So let me uh, get into here. And you'll see there's not very much here. There's very few items here. I've already started to put some of the plugins in, but out of the box, there's not very many plugins. Uh, they give you your pages and your posts, which are your base functionality. They give you the ability to add a theme. And that's pretty well it. So for you to start, you're gonna have you're gonna start with something really, really sparse. Now, what we did. At my company is when we are hosting customers, we actually have a build that we put with a lot of uh, enterprise level plugins in it. So you guys don't have to pay for them. We already pay for them, include them in the price of the hosting. Um, but understand that in a lot of cases, hold on, I gotta admit another one here. Um, in a lot of, lot of ways, we end up with um, many, many different ways to configure a WordPress website. So I'm gonna just kind of start at the top and we're gonna kind of go through where, where the first thing that you need is. So when you come in and you start with a brand new website, you should be able to pick your themes. And um, I, I tell everybody to use UDesign. And the reason why is because it is very, very lightweight. It's very easy to use. It's very easy to set up. It's very easy to configure. And I actually, on this one, I haven't done it yet. So I'm gonna just gonna show you, I can walk right through it It'll install my child theme, which everybody should be using a child theme, not the main theme. You should always make a child theme uh, for yourself. So um, just know that's another thing that you probably need to consider doing. Uh, let me see if I, and if anybody again has any questions, you know, stick your hand up, let me know, yell it out, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, 
So, I, and I'm just going to tell it install, and that theme then is installed and ready to go on the website. So it's, it's also going to ask me if I want to import content and what content I want to import. And they're the base pages uh, that are out there and available. Um, and they come in and they help you configure stuff. So a lot of the times you can take those base elements and themes and go, you know, just kind of replace your copy on it and have a pretty easy to use website. Uh, Udesign allows you a lot of flexibility. Every website we use basically, I think, uses that base design because we can do everything that we need to do with this one particular plugin for the theme. So um, I, I that's if you don't have a theme, you've never tried a theme, you don't know what I'm talking about on a theme, and you want to go pick your own, you can go do that. Uh, we recommend to go to Theme Forest. And let me uh, show you that just so you know uh, where you can go. I know there's other places out there. These guys vet their themes. And let me tell you a little bit about vetting themes and why it's important and why you just don't go buy free ones off the side of the road. I used to tell a story that I went to a client and evaluated the client's website. And when I turned the styles off on the website, the website had um, all this stuff in the back that was advertising for the person that built the themes. So that's not viable. But I now have one that came right out of the last couple weeks that's well worth mentioning. So when, when you buy themes from third parties, they may or may not keep up with them. For the most part, the ones in Theme Forest are kept up with and they're easy to, you know, to, easy to get a hold of these people and they're willing to make these changes. So about three weeks ago, WordPress released uh, WordPress 5.5 and it broke over 2 million websites. So we, of course, we use this Udesign. The Udesign people put the, implemented the patches immediately. We were able to go patch the websites and we never missed a beat. Um, like I said, there was 2.2 million websites is, was the estimate of how many were knocked out of business simply by this, um, this patch that was put in and then people not knowing what to do to fix the patch. So uh, I highly rec recommend going through Theme Forest for all your theme needs because at the end of the day, they have a lot of variety. Um, I, we settled on this one because we can do what we want with it. But if you need things that are, you know, you need a little bit more advanced functionality, like a real estate agent, I'll, I'll pick them just for a minute. Um, a lot of these real estate agent themes, they come with the ability to go and put a gallery in and to hook in with your um, horror account. Uh, and, you know, there's ways to, there's elements that are added that are specifically built for like real estate agents. So it depends on what your goals are. It depends on what you do and how you want to do it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say that theme forest, you're going to find what you need. And picking a theme is uh, probably one of the most important things that you'll do. So although it's not technically a plugin, it's something that you need to, you need to consider. And you see now my my theme is installed and it says view the website and you see now it's put the dummy copy in for me that I can start to work within to be able to replace it. So, um, and we can, I, I, if you start to look through the portfolio of the websites that we've done, you'll see um, all of them are using Udesign, but every one of them looks different. You, you would never know they were all using the same theme um, in theory. So the very first thing we do is install a theme. Very next thing you have to do is pick 
um, a website builder. And I have to tell you, I see this as a mistake uh, people make because either they pick the one that comes with the theme or they're not really sure what they're doing. Um, there's a couple out there, but what I, but I will say is that we recommend WP Bakery. It, it was formerly a visual composer. Um, Divi Builders out there, people have said and say they swear by Divi Builder, um, and, and I'm okay with that. I don't, I'm not going to say that's good or bad or indifferent. Um, the other thing that, um, the other one that's out there is Elementor. Elementor seems to be used by people that really don't know what they're doing far more than others, but what I will say is it dumps a whole bunch of bloated code in the background, more so than some of these others. So as we're going to talk through some of these things, the Elementor builder um, still continues to not um, produce the cleanest code, if you will. Um, the other thing is it, it's very obvious that you're using Elementor with it because it writes it all over your code, which that doesn't ever thrill me either. Um, I like, I don't really like my business telegraphed in the tags that I'm putting in the HTML. So just understand there's a few out there. Um, and we, that's what we recommend. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a right or wrong answer. It's just, I find that to be easier to deal with. Um, some of the folks that have come through this class through the years have all have sworn by Divi Builder and we, we have it, I have a license for it and, you know, it's there, but, but the reality of it to my mind is it's, it's very, it's far more difficult to utilize than some of these others. So I, I just, uh, that's kind of my position on, but you do need to come up with some kind of a builder. Native to uh, WordPress is this, um, um, I was going to say Magellan, and I don't really mean Magellan. Um, Gutenberg um, Builder. Hold on, sorry, my windows went crazy here. Um, this Gutenberg Builder, we actually have still been taking it out. It builds these websites in blocks, and it sort of works the same way as WP Bakery, but I just, we've kind of killed it, taken it out, and gone through the WP Bakery end of it. So you could theoretically use the uh, Gutenberg um, uh, editing system that's in there. I just don't think it does as nice of a job as this and gives you as much flexibility as some of these, these other ones. So um, understand that that's that part of it. So there's options. Uh, one of the things that people will say to me is that they get into WordPress, they don't really know, they don't know how to use it, they don't know how to do this, they don't know how to do it. But if you sat down and you actually put these items in, it becomes a very easy process to be able to use. Um, what I'll show you is this is the way, if you look at the screen that I'm looking at now, this is uh, one of the, the websites that I actually was working on uh, today. And you'll see it's got a row with a slider. It's got the row with the headline. It's got, you know, two columns, four pictures. You, I mean, you really just basically have to dro drop these elements in the page. You just add the rows and keep dropping. So it's very, from that standpoint, it's very simple. Um, it also has a front end editor, which I think will load on this site. Let's see. I'm working on this site, so I never know what's going to load and what's not. Yeah, it loaded. So you can see that it loaded it here and that I can start to make the changes. This row here is hidden from the home page. That's why it's not showing. But you can actually visibly uh, do edits on these pages as well. So if you wanted to work with inside of this, 
you actually could do that with this editor. It, it does a nice presentation. So that's another option with it. I use the back end editor to my mind. It's always easier than using the front end. But um, so that's the editor story. Um, a lot of the times when you see people talking about user guides for WordPress, they often don't address the need to talk about um, about the site builder parts of things. Um, so that's the that's the next piece. I think the next and most important one of the most important plugins that you can add. Let me go over here. This one doesn't have it. Let's see. Okay. Um, there is a, a, a SEO plugin um, that helps manage the SEO on a website. Um, and actually, I think I didn't change it out on the one, the old Biosource one yet. So let me go there. There is and always has been um, a plugin that has been called Yoast that does the SEO um, and helps with the SEO elements. And, I'll, and I'm going to kind of run down this here for a second. Um, with Yoast, you install the Yoast plugin, so it's Y-O-A-S-T, uh, -A um, and you install that plugin and it help you will help you configure how you want things done. So I'm going to hit the configuration wizard. And I'm going to tell it my site is live. My site is a, a answer some some uh, quick questions about it. It says, what is the name of your organization? This is a very important page to fill out because it helps build the things that go to your um, that dictate what appears in your Google My Business knowledge profile. So if you get this right, um, a lot of the other pieces will fall behind it. So make sure that you take the time to, um, to, do, to, to fill this out and fill it out right. At some point, I'm going to have a class that talks about how to fill this all out right, but um, meaning from the uh, aspect of uh, schema and uh, structured data, which are extremely important. Okay, so you see it says search engine should show posts, search engine should show pages. You check all of that. No, we don't have multiple authors. Um, it says, how do you want your website title tags to be? Please use the bar, the up and down, not any dashes. Uh, use the bar. It works better. Um, I don't want to allow you to track my data because I don't want anybody tracking the data on my website. Um, and then I'm done. That should be the end of this. And that's the end of it. That's the basic run through on it. And you can do that. If you don't know what you're doing with it, it's the basic run through. Um, and let me close this and let me show you. Um, there are some other options that you need to make sure that you've turned on. Things like your XML sitemap. Now, some people use a third party plugin for sitemaps. I am not going to advocate doing that. Please use the, plug, the SEO plugin because if you're serious about any level of marketing, you need to have an SEO plugin. Now, I'm being a bit protracted with this because for the last probably 10 years, the only thing you would have ever heard me talk about is uh, Yoast. Except that there now is a new guy on the field and I've been using it and I've been very pleased with it. So I, I want to talk about that for a minute because I think there's enough differences between um, 
Yoast and Rank Math that I'm going to tell everybody that you should be using Rank Math at this point. Uh, the really nice thing with Rank Math is that they went in and changed or they go in and they call all the information um, from Yoast and port it over when you do it. If you decide you want to go back, you easily can do it. If you and I had to do that on SEO 411 because switching midstream broke a lot of the things on SEO 411 and I wasn't really in the mood to have to go repair them all. So I just went with it. Someday I'll sit down and convert it all over, but tonight, today's not the day. And, um, but for you guys, for this discussion, what I'm going to say is that the rank math to install it has the same type of wizard. It has an easy, it imports your settings out of Yoast if you're using Yoast. Um, it has a nice little wizard, but what there's a few things that I think are superior to it, uh, especially when you don't really know what you're doing. So you see all the other options that I have here that I did not necessarily have in Yoast. Um, it, it, it decides how you want to do the links. It decides what you want to do with them. It allows to set the redirects. If there's a page that's orphaned, it automatically sets the redirect back to the home page. Um, you can turn on and off, which you can do in Yoast, in all fairness, turn on and off the uh, in, internal links and the nofollow links on the images. Um, you can do the nofollow links on, the, um, on Yoast. This allows you to do a nofollow on the actual image if you want. So these are, starting to get into some much higher level. Uh, the other thing it lets you do is directly edit the HD access file. So if I want to make a change to the HD access file, which you guys should be asking the question of what is an HD access file, and I'll tell you that in just a second, okay? But if I wanted to make the changes to that HD access file, I actually could go in here and change with a little bit of a server configuration change. Um, I can actually make the changes directly to my HT access file without needing other levels of access. So the HT access file can be de defined as what is like the main brain of the website. It tells how to function or how to process things as um, how the web server should react to the request, how uh, the security channels should act, what are some of the websites that if I come to it, I should like, if you come to it, and it, it's a, a bad site that's trying to connect to it, it'll break the connection. Um, it, comes through, it, it comes through and assesses where traffic's coming from, how traffic's coming from. It says to go ahead and set the, um, the HTTPS redirect if you need one. Um, the list is pretty endless of all the things you can do. I mean, I have some sites that we go as far as to tell it, uh, block all traffic to this page, like an admin directory, only if it comes from a certain. So I can do so many things from a server. It sounds kind of like a geeky lot of speak as to what I'm saying. But as you get to more into this and you hear these things thrown out at you, these are the things that this will allow you to, to do uh, much easily and much more easily, in my opinion. Um, this thing allows you to make changes and change the functionality of the breadcrumb trail in it if you want to. So there's so many different ways that I can change the settings and how my site acts and reacts um, that I don't really necessarily have this level of control with in the free version of Yoast, okay? 
and we have had paid versions of Yoast through the years, and I've never really felt like it was worth the money that I spend on it. This thing does so much more beyond so many different things and allows you to do so much flexibility with it. When I start talking about uh, technical ends of SEO, um, things like, um, and I want to make sure we're all clear. This here, if I do this here, let me, let me just do this SEO. And I did it that way because I want to make sure I pull up this knowledge graph here. So when I, when I generate things off this knowledge graph, it helps populate this area here. Now, some of it comes off of Google My Business, that, that is for sure. But in, there's code that can be put in the end, in the back end that helps support that you're a local business, where you're located, how you're located, what your logo should be, what your social media properties are. Again, I know that I can support them out of uh, Google My Business, but you see my Facebook profile is sitting there. That is not an option on Google My Business. So I'm putting things in there to let Google know what we're doing and how we're doing and why we're doing so that they understand what's happening. Um, and they, under, they, they understand that I'm validating what my address is. And I'm, I shouldn't click on that. That was an ad. If I come to the bottom, um, I have some special code that's wrapped around these bottoms to say this is our two, our two office locations. Um, so that we're constantly telegraphing that back and we're validating it. Um, so these are important functionalities that exist within uh, the framework that you can help set a little bit better and have tighter control of with um, rank math that you cannot have with Yoast. And I keep seeing it go by, which one's better, which one's better, which one's better. And I'm gonna come back to rank math nine out of 10 times. The other thing I'm gonna show you is if I come into pages, and this is why for those of you that don't know what you're doing, but feel like you, know, you need to do some things to get ahead and you know, you don't have necessarily have money to hire somebody like me that's an SEO company. Um, that's fine. This will at least help you guide guide you a little bit. Okay, so let me let me show you why. So this is uh, let me take this page here that I actually worked on. So this is a client site that I that I've been working on to try to get launched, um, and I need it to rank on women's health and women's health issues. Okay. So I came down and I wrote my page. I put my, my, all my words in, everything that I was doing. Um, and then I had to go back and I'm going to actually make this change right here, right now. I just saw this. It's funny. We have a shiny little object. Okay. You know, we talked about keywords. That's the keyword for this page. So if you come down in the, where is it on this one? Okay, so it's at the top. So if you notice, I can do some things here with this. So I said my foundation keyword for this page is going to be women's health. I can put up to five sets of words here that it'll help me score from. So that's another variant from Yoast that, um, I think is, is a valuable tool. The other thing is it gives you a mathematical uh, representation of how close you are to correct. 
So what I mean when I say that word is on Yoast, and let's go to the SEO homepage here. Let's go to all pages. Actually, I just maybe randomly pick one. Okay, that's our homepage there. Come here. Okay, welcome back. All right. So when I come to here, hang on, it's still loading. It's a pretty long page I got going on here. All right, so if I go to the Yoast elements on this page, you see how it's got a little bit of an orange doesn't necessarily tell me why it just I can come down here and I can sort of go through and see what I need to decide what I need to go what I need to pick what it thinks I should change by the way I'm not changing much on this page mostly because um, the page is ranking on the first page of Google on the terms that I want so this these things that it's saying are the problem are probably not as much of a problem as they they seem to want to indicate because of how many objects that I got correct corrected. And you see, look, I've got a lot of these get the premium, get the premium, get the premium. So, but it doesn't give you clear instructions on what to do. It's frowning at me about readability. Uh, it's, it's, it's frowning at me about subheadings and how my subheadings are and this and that and 10 other things, but it's not really telling me why I'm orange and how close I am. So when you really don't know what you're doing, the fact that it wants to give me a little orange face doesn't really help me. This helps me because I'm still in the orange, but I'm at 7.69 on this page. So I can come down here and I can take a look and see what it recommends is what my problems are. Um, and then work towards making that change. So found the focus heading in the seat key, add an image with an alt text. I have one of those. I don't know why it's not picking up. It tells me what my density is um, and maybe I need to consider fixing it. It tells me there's no outbound links. I will tell you that if I fix outbound links, it's not enough of a pop to fix that. Um, it's telling me I have no links matching up inside my pages. Um, and it gives me some of those things that were uh, paid for in Yoast are free because if you look over here, it gives me the suggestions of the pages that I should be linking to and where I should be making links to. Um, content readability. It says you make a table of contents that break down the text. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it doesn't like one of my paragraphs. It says one of my paragraphs is too long. So I, maybe I need to make it a little bit shorter. Um, and then it's saying that I'm not using enough images throughout it. And they're probably right when I actually start to look at the layout of this page. Um, I might could go through and add some more, um, especially in this piece right here, I could probably add images to the left of every one of these and make this chart a lot more, um, uh, this paragraph a lot more functional. This is what it's complaining about. So at some point I may come back. Um, and make a decision on what way I want to, I want to go with this. 
All right. So from that standpoint, um, it, it's very helpful. And it lets me know that at 69, I may not be that far off on on the spectrum and maybe what should I change and what should uh, what I shouldn't change. The other thing is, is it gives me the advanced functionality here. I can set a few extra things so I can tell it whether I want it to be indexed. Now, what I will say is that um, Yoast does allow you to do this, but I can say, follow this page, don't follow this page, don't index this page, don't archive this page, do not put snippets on this page. I can tell Google really what I want them to do with this page. The other thing it does is it lets me decide the schema and the schema type that I want to put. So is this an article? What kind of page is it? What is this page about? It lets me put. Again, Yoast does allow that. So it's not completely um, out there. The other thing I can do is put a headline title on, on this um, and actually uh, put um, my own page title on here and my own page description. I also can decide if it's a blog post, what I want to put, and if I think it's a news article, what I want to put. So I can decide the elements that I show out there to, to schema a little bit better than what I can with Yoast. Uh, Yoast also has this ability, which is to set the um, way your social media posts look when they go out. So we can add a default image, we can add what we want the title to be, and we can even put what we want the social media blurb to be. So you can do all of that. Some of this is in Yoast, some of it's not in Yoast. I just think that the rank math and the scoring and the color coding and the objective to get to the 100 points is far easier to understand what I'm supposed to do, especially when you don't know this as well as I do. I know this so well that I, out of the box, when I set up a page, if I'm actually setting it up for SEO, I usually get 80, 85 without even, without even flinching. And that's just because as I build the page, I know what the elements that are in there. I don't think you guys um, may or may not know that as well. So that's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not that I'm picking on anybody. It's just, I think that especially for the beginners, this rank map tool gives it a lot easier row to hoe. And I'm spending a lot of time on this because I think this is one of the biggest ones that has differences that you need to make a decision on. Um, I'm gonna come back to the rank math general settings as well. Um, and I want to talk about this particular screen here. Let me see this one. This one here. Okay. This one here doesn't exist in um, Yoast. And what it does is it allows you, like this one here, I'm going to turn on the monitoring of 404s. So I can tell and set redirects. So when I make a change, it automatically makes the redirect for me. I don't have to have another plugin to do this. Um, there's always been this habit to put a, a 301 redirect plugin in. The fact that I can do this now from inside my SEO tool makes me very happy. Um, I can have it read and decide what the content value is. And then here's this biggie here. And I'm going to say this is another one that's going to be on my list of plugins that you should have. But everybody should have an AMP plugin. Um, because, you know, and I keep seeing conflicting reports on it, but I'm going to tell you, you need an AMP plugin. Because at the end of the day, it's a way for the mobile user to get a smaller uh, footprint 
and you to score better on your mobile and you to make sure that your mobile website is working the way you want it to work. Um, what this does is help those um, AMP pages rank. So it helps add the required uh, tags and things to the page that it normally doesn't. That is not in Yoast. Um, if you use things like uh, BuddyPress and some of these other things that, um, that are out there, it actually adds the, the uh, functionality and the support for it. Um, it allows you to have image SEO so that it'll help you rank more on um, images. Uh, which are very important depending on what you do. I, you know, we have a, a person that builds blueprints and the image search is wildly important to them, far more than it is for me at the, on the SEO for an age agency end. So um, if you have a graphical type of business and a business that, that depends on images, make sure you're doing image SEO and then make sure that this kind of setting is turned on. Um, the other thing it does is count links. And what I mean when I say this, and I, and I haven't talked about this in a while, and I guess I probably need to sometime before the end of the year. Um, anchor text links inside of pages and how they link to other pages on the website are is extremely important. And I know that there's about five pages on my website that are the ones that are the pillars of the website, the SEO, the web design, the IT services, I and the social media, I need my pages pointing to make sure that my little pages and my blog pages actually point back to those main pages. Because what it does is start to spread, spread the power of the links that I get to it. Um, so that it works much better and Google understands and those links have enough link juice to them that they help push those pages up to the top of a search engine, even without the external links. A lot of people talk about external links, but forget about the internal links. This helps that link counter helps do that. Um, we're going to talk about local SEO again next month because I think everybody needs to know about that. And there's been some changes yet again in it. And we're going to kind of go over all of that. Um, but the rank math local SEO functionality, I actually had to put plugins on other sites to get the same functionality. So let me say one thing about plugins. The more plugins you have, the more likely you are to have a problem with speed um, and the site can start to slow down. So if I have a plugin that will put up the local, the knowledge graph and the local SEO elements that I need that I don't need another plugin to bloat my build, I'm really happy. Um, the other thing it does is it allows you to control your schema and your structured data. We kind of talked about that. Um, those are, these are some of the things that are not included in Yoast. This whole story here. Um, now seems as good a time as any to mention this one. So as you can tell, I'm really in a place where I'm high on ranked math that I think that it's the right uh, way to go. Um, and I would highly encourage everybody to be using that as opposed to be using, uh, as opposed to using Yoast. Um, I think it's going to benefit you guys more in the long run to do that. And, and most site owners, Rank Math is going to be the one that's going to, that's going to work better. Um, this is a must-have plugin. Um, 
and I'm still learning how to use it just so you know. But Google's gone along with these web stories um, and what they are is they're basically little snippets um, that allow you to build this little micro page and then link these micro pages together and then Google's supposed to be able to pick them up and they're supposed to rank better. So this is something new. Remember I told you Google just started putting out um, plugins for WordPress. Well, this is one of the ones that they put out. So I went ahead and I have that actually running here on SEO 411. Here it is. And let's go to the stories thing. Um, you can get that right from Google. Okay. Uh, Google has it. You just Google web stories and you'll find it. And you see, I made a little web story. This one is not done right. So don't use it as an example, but I did go ahead and make one for the August 9th class that talked about, um, that talked about email. This is far too long for what they would like to see. So, uh, they have templates for it. Let me see if I can remember where the templates are on this thing. But the long and the short of it is everybody should be playing around with web stories. The web stories probably could be a class all in on of itself. Um, let me just, let me see if I can do this this way. Create a new web story. see if it has it. Uh, no, it doesn't. This is what I'm looking for. If I do explore templates, you see this is the way they intend them to be. This is their templates. That's what they want them to look like. To me, they look sort of like Instagram posts. So this may be Google's way to start to get into the Instagram business. You never quite know what they're, where they're heading with things. But just understand this is what they want them to look like. So I could pick this, you make my template with this, and then it's multiple pages that are strung together to make short snippets that I could be able to scroll through with my mobile phone that makes it easier. So if you go to view, let me see if I hit view, if it'll actually show me what it looks like. Yeah, see, it's um, a bunch of pages strung together to be able to do this so you can see how they're putting them together. So this is the, this is new. This is up and coming. This is not something that, you know, but I'm, I am telling you, if you're serious about this and you have a little bit more of an advanced knowledge, uh, please go down the web stories road. So that's another plugin. Um, that's worth, that's worth mentioning on this. Uh, so So the thing is that um, as you're continuing to look at marketing plugins, those are pretty much the two that you need. Um, some will say get sitemaps. If you do uh, Yoast or um, Rank Math, the sitemaps are built in, so you don't need an extra sitemap uh, plugin. I I'm going to go as far as to say I suppose some people might opt to go it alone without uh, having an SEO um, plug-in to start to fix things and do things. That's conceivable. And, and theoretically, I, I don't need the training wheels, so I would be an example of that. But there's so many little features like setting a custom title. So I can put the title tag on my page in one way 
and yet come back and set a different title tag another way. And you can see that here on this website because I am doing that here on this one. So just to have a tangible example of what I'm talking about. This page here on the front side is called Women's Health 101, right? But if I go into it and I edit it, that's the title I have here. But if you look at my rank math title, I have an SEO title here. So that's one of those things that I can't do without an SEO plugin. All right. So just, just understand that. But so some places will say, you know, get a sitemap plugin. I don't think they're needed if you're using an SEO plugin. I think anybody in the sound of my voice, if you're interested to listen to me, should have an SEO plugin. If you want to use Yoast, great. If you want to use Rank Math, great. They will do, both of them independently will do the things that you need to have done. Um, the next one that I'm going to talk about, uh, and I think everybody needs to have this one, is uh, WP Rocket, which that sounds like I'm coming out of left field with that. Uh, maybe I am a little bit. But for the longest time, um, search, uh, search speed has been bantered about, about whether it improves your rankings, your rankings are not, um, counted on. Um, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter in the last few weeks about speed and what the, uh, relationship of speed will be and what the impact of speed will be on a website. Um, what I will tell you is that from the point that I put WP Rocket on my website, my website went up by about, on average, anywhere from five to 10 positions um, per key term I'm looking at. And again, I'm in highly competitive key terms. So I, I was really impressed um, with what the WP Rocket did, how well it improved things, and how well it fixed problems. Um, and what I mean when I say problems is, um, I think it's dev.web. Google has decided, and this is a Google property, okay, has decided that they're going to get involved in assessing how fast your website is. Now, the problem with this um, just so you guys all know how's the best way to look at this. You can use their tool and I'm not broken hearted if you do or you don't. It doesn't, it's not like I'm saying you must do this. It's not saying you mustn't do this, but they do not account for distance to server and processing. So although it makes this assessment, it, it's not accounting for external factors. So I tend to not use them as the only delimiter of speed. And let me show you why. So if I do SEO 411's website here in Google's tool, I'm gonna show you how dramatically different these are. It's gonna take in a minute. I might as well run the other one simultaneously. The other place that we recommend testing and that I think is probably the better way to go is the gtmetrics.com website. Um, it has a better way, and Google recognizes this, so this is not like they're not, they're not recognizing it, so don't, don't misunderstand. Um, 
they uh, they they recognize that this is giving a solid result. Pingdom also gives a solid result, except that you have to pay for that to get the all the things and the speed tools that you need to get a full the full version of it. So I don't tend to send anybody over there. Um, you'll see that there's some jobs ahead of us because everybody's glomming on to the GT metrics people now. Um, you see, I only got a six here on my performance. And the big one here, there's two biggies here that are a big problem. Um, one is this 6%, this six on the performance. One is this color, the time to first paint. Um, and then the other way that they count is, is all the scripts that end up having to load in and how it does. So I can come down here and it tells me to re remove some of these. Um, what it tells me I need to remove this one, some of them here, um, uh, it's telling me what some of the scripts are and what some of the scripts are that need to be fixed. And it's giving me where they are and what they are. So as I come down, I, I can go in now and go take a look and see what these are. And I need to go see why this one's throwing a 621 meg download. Um, uh, cause that doesn't seem to be right. So I will have to look at that one. Um, so it gives me a lot of different, I guess it doesn't give, didn't give me that, let me see. See, it doesn't even, it's not even friendly to use. The other one is this GT metrics. My job is still working. So as soon as that figures, we'll come back to that and we'll talk about a little bit about that. But the WP rocket allows you to go in and fix and optimize the way your CSS renders, where my CSS lives, if I have to make a backup of it, what order I want it to do. So the more technically savvy you are, the more powerful the tool is. However, if you don't know what you're doing and you just plug it in and turn it on, it will do uh, probably 80% of the job for you. The other thing I'm going to recommend is setting up the content delivery network on it. And what it does is it takes all the images and all the scripts and it puts it on this CDN and a content delivery network. What it does is it, um, those files are saved across the country in multiple different locations. Uh, if I'm in New Jersey and I make a call, it goes to a data center in New York and gets the file instead of coming to a data center in Atlanta and getting the file. Um, if I'm in California, it picks something in California. It doesn't come all the way to, to Atlanta. The reason I say that is because what happens is the travel, the network congestions to get across the country. I know to, to the world, it just seems like it's like seconds and what's the big deal. But, you know, sometimes it hits a problem just like a highway. They used to call it, you know, the information superhighway just because the same as a highway, it's fast, fast, fast until you hit a slowdown and then it's backed up and slow and it can take a while to get through the congestion. So if you can de deal, deliver something closer to you, of course, it's going to be faster. Um, the good way to think about this is it's kind of like Amazon. You know, Amazon went and bought all those whole, whole foods and they put and store a lot of product in those Whole Foods so that when they need to make deliveries, their Amatrons on trucks, they don't come to it from a, a centralized place rather in Louisiana anymore. It comes from 
wherever's the closest Whole Foods that they have the stock and the product, they go pick it up and deliver it or put it in your Amazon locker in the store. So it's, think of it the same way as Amazon works. This, this would be a way. So you look at my screen now, you'll see that we have the GT metrics for uh, SEO 411. Before I put WP Rocket in, this thing was in the 60s and we were struggling to get it to work right. Second I put that in, I was able to change the way uh, some of the stuff loads in. I was able to change some of the way the JavaScript process is. And I went from, you know, a 69 because I have a gazillion plugins versus uh, an 87, which I have now. So I'm doing pretty well. The other thing I've been saying since I did it is I put that five meg movie at the top of the screen and I said, well, of course, I'm going to fail every speed test out there because of having the um, movie. But it, this here, because of the way that movie's now served and what it takes, it's given me an 87 on the page score. So it dramatically improves it. I think the uh, CDN on it is like eight bucks a month. It's, base, it's one of the eight best $8 a month that I would consider spending. So um, I'm going to go out there and tell you that WP Rocket is a must have if you're serious about your internet presence and what you do and how you do it. So that's, uh, that's another one on my must have list. So must have list is Rank Math, WP Rocket, and so far is uh, uh, Visual Composer, WP Bakery, are three of my biggest must-haves right now that I use almost every day, um, if not every day. Um, so uh, that covers marketing. And I'm trying to, I've tried to keep this all in a logical way so you all know what, what we're doing. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is... Um, lead generation and lead generation plugins because you all should be um, concerned about how are you going to get leads? How are you going to build traffic? Um, what are you going to do about all of that? And what I will say is from my standpoint, I know I've always talked about Google and I've always um, pushed that agenda. And although I have some websites that still run 100% off of Google, uh, I think those site owners are not as diversified as they should be. Okay. So I think this, this idea of having some lead generation plugins are a good thing. And I'm going to, I want to talk a little about, about what those couple of those are at this point. Uh, where's my mouse? Here we go. If I come back into SEO 411, um, you know, these classes that I've been giving were offered in person all the way up through the pandemic. And anybody that knew me pre-pandemic knew that I, I never intended to put them online. Um, mostly because I felt like by putting them online, it would dissuade the attendance. And to some degree, I have been right on that. And we'll, even in the, in the room attendance on the screen, because I still have a couple hundred people watching or listening, but yet I only have, you know, 10 or 20 in a room. Although HCC continues to get a lot of people in the class, the actual class, because they want to come and ask questions. Um, but when I started down this road, I had to start to think about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do that being I, you know, we knew we were going to put them online, which is what we did. 
Um, but what could I do to repurpose them and do exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, which have an online offering. Just so we know, I will never not have these be online again. Uh, these classes will be online and stay online forevermore. That pretty much is the end result of that. Um, but what became the problem, and I learned it very early on, is that it was great that I was putting the page up. It was great that I was adding it to the website. It was great that I was sending everybody the calendar schedule. But what was not happening is I was not giving the people the information they needed on their time frame. So I quickly started to look at what did I have to do to make this be automated so that I did not have to be involved in the process, that I could make the file, build the blog post, set it to publish and walk away and it would do the rest of the process myself. Now, some people would say, well, of course, there's things like Sprout Social or um, uh, some of those other automated tools that are out there that I'm drawing a blank on now. Um, and the problem with those is a lot of the bots have been blocked by the social channels. So they don't, the auto posts do not get the level of um, saturation that's needed to be able to, pr to promote them and move them forward. So I, I wanted to stay out of A, another subscription because that meant more money out. Um, I wanted to stay out of a subscription that um, limited me to how many social channels that I could decide to publish to. Um, and I wanted to stay out of a platform that costs money based on how many posts I needed to make because to my mind, I needed to make quite a bit because I have at least four to six classes a month and those needed to round robin and float around. So that was the dynamics of the problems that I had that I needed to face and I fixed them in two ways. Um, and I'm going to tell you that the opt-in, the opt-in mail is part of a larger or mail opt-in rather um, is part of a larger set of stuff that's out there by this opt-in monster. Um, what it does with the opt-in mail, the opt-in mail does it is it allows me that every blog post that I set up, it actually auto emails off my mail server through MailChimp. It actually sends it out the way I want directly. I don't have any overhead on it past the initial purchase of the plugin, which is nice. Um, I've always maintained the email list out of MailChimp. So that has not been a, that's not been a variant or a difference. So, um, this went in, it went easy. It goes into multiple integrations, everything from Zoho, uh, to constant contacts to MailChimp. There's like whole bunches of different things that it allow it to plug into. Um, it even lets it plug into your Google. And in fact, I actually probably, I need to activate this. Um, it'll track my events. It'll track it. It'll, it'll allow multiple campaigns. You see constant contacts on the list. You can see, I can set up a drip campaign. Long story short is this plugin does a lot of the functionality that you need for lead generation is built into one flat price plugin that you don't have to keep paying a lot of money for. Um, you know, as small business owners, I, I kind of look around quite a bit and decide, um, what needs to be done and how not to spend money to do it. I think it's easy to throw money at a problem. It's far harder to me to come up with ways to solve problems that don't require lots of money. Um, and this one, although it's a little bit pricey on the front side, 
it does everything I need to need it to do on the backside. So that's the first set of things that I will say. So the first um, uh, set of uh, circumstances is this mail opt-in plugin. The other thing you can do is pop-ups by opt-in monster. What that does is, and you see this quite a bit, this plugin will do it as well, but it pops a box up over the top of your content and requires a sign in before it'll give you the content. Or there's a form built in the page that requires the collection of the email address before it gives you the page. Now, on some things, I am going to be putting stuff up that may or may not um, fall under that category. I have not gone to a pop-up box over the class page because I think the class page, you guys need to be able to get to it. I don't need to know who you are. If you want to tell me who you are, sign up. Great. The information's there. If you don't want to tell me who you are, that's fine too. The only thing you're ever going to get from me is an email with whatever my latest blog post is or whatever the latest class is. So you'll never miss a class, a schedule, or a blog post again if you sign up. You're not going to get any sales material or any nagging or any of that nonsense. It's just purely whatever I think needs to go out that week is what you're getting. Okay. I don't feel it's necessary to nag people on that level. Um, however, there may be some content that may um, be either paid for or some content that I think is a little bit more um, cohesive to having that type of a presentation over it. I may utilize that in the future, which is that pop-up box or the side sign-up box before content's provided. Long story short is you guys need to make those the decisions on which way you want to do things and what you want to do with it um, and decide how it works. The other thing on this mail opt-in is it works with Gravity Forms. I'm going to come back to Gravity Forms in a minute because that needs to be on your must-have um, list as well. Um, my hosting company provides that free of charge. We have an enterprise license, so we provide that free of charge with all of our accounts. Um, but I'm going to tell you, Gravity Forms is the most flexible and it's the most dependable. Um, it's, it's solid. It lets you do what you want. You can make it look however you want. There's a couple other things that you need to add to it. But to me, it's the best one out there. And there's oodles and oodles and oodles of plugins for Gravity Forms that let you quickly do things like um, <clears throat> I can build the medical questionnaire and make it conditional. If you have a fever, ask this question. If you don't have a fever, ask that question. So there's a lot of uh, functionality that Gravity Forms has that not everything else has. So not to digress into something else, but um, put that Gravity Forms on your list. Um, but back to uh, things that help build audiences, okay? So we, we know we need something to email, that we need to reach out to people, that we need to talk to people. So we know that's kind of going on. The next thing that we need to uh, talk about and have and do is um, uh, I did a program called Blog to Social. And what that did, and I, and I highly recommend this to anybody that's going to do what I say, which is start putting blogs up on a regular basis and how to push them out to, the, to people every day. So what it does is it takes all the posts and what it calls your content library, or you can make a favorite. So if I go to my favorites list, what I did is I went through all the posts, all the blog posts that I have, all the post types that I have, 
and I starred the ones that I would want to be republished. So this one that talks about me as a person, I don't need that. This one that talks about a customer, I don't need that. The reviews of SEO 411, I don't need those. Those don't need to be blasted out, okay? But what does need to be blasted out is this one here that says getting started with SEO. My one that's all about keywords that has an episode attached to it. Um, episode 115 that has recreated sales leads. I went ahead and marked all the ones that I wanted to republish on a, on a regular basis. I can go into here. So let's start with from the second I write the blog post. From the second I write the blog post, I have the option to say whether to share it or not share it or whether I want that to be included in the sharing. So it comes out, it says that I have auto posting activated on this. I can shut that off. I can set a customized schedule for when it's gonna go do it based on this particular post, okay? So we'll start with that piece, okay? So that's the first thing I like. But the better piece of all is the repurposing of content is extremely important. And um, I think people don't do it enough. And I think it's something that we need, to, we need to look at more. So when I looked at this, this one here has this reshare post function, or excuse me, this, uh, yeah, this is what I want. Um, so what I do is I come in here once every, I guess, four weeks or so. And I tell it, customize, include my favorites, pick a post every one a day out of that list. And now I want you to post it at what you feel my best times are. And this thing will track what your audience times are and when is the most read and how's that work the best, okay? So it will queue up 50 some posts worth it's at this point you see i have 38 posts worth and if you look at the counter the calendar version of this you will see that i have anywhere from 10 to 13 posts going out every day like clockwork for the next this is october the 10th and they're still going out and and they're circulating and they're round robining and they're going out now, the reason it's eight is because the other thing I can do is set up my social accounts and I'll show you what that looks like. And this is why you should do this. So I have my Facebook accounts, I have Twitter accounts. So I have it set to go out there. I have, an Inst I have two Instagram accounts. I've got a Pinterest account. I've got my Google My Business, which this is a biggie. Um, and why, if nothing else, this posts all my Google My Business posts for me. Uh, does it to LinkedIn, and I also have a Tumblr account at this point. So it goes out to all these places and just auto-posts it for me. Um, and I won't have to touch this now to the middle of October because it's just going to just keep spitting these out every day. Eight of them will go out to multiple different networks so that people continue to get ongoing exposure. For my company, LinkedIn is the best. I, I'm, I'm going to bar none. LinkedIn is, I get much better responses out of LinkedIn than I am anything. But 
Um, every one of you, if you're more of a Pinteresty kind of person, this thing supports Pinterest. So, hey, whatever, let it go, let it post, let it auto do. So everything starts with the content, comes off the website, you know, all those things and principles we talk to, but this plugin helps take it to the next level and allows it to continue to push this forward so that we end up with um, multiple posts being done across multiple days and that the, the um, customer exposure to you goes up. Now, some people have said to me, well, you know, you're posting the same thing multiple times. What's interesting though to me is that not the same people see it because they're all not there at the same time it may scroll by. So I'm good with it going out multiple times that people see it. I'm fine if somebody sees it extra times, whatever. You now have had a thought about my business as that's gone through your timeline and it's usually a favorable one. Um, I will say this one that I sent out about keywords yesterday. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. Um, I've had almost 200 and some odd views on just that one page in that blog post and that class. So the thing is, is that I have now come up with a way that keeps my people engaged to us, to the companies, because we've added the hosting company customers to this as well. Across the board, it's doing a whole lot better um, aggregately because of the email and the blog support. So there's constant traffic. Google then views that as favorable. So this allows you to set up these lead generation mechanisms in a way that will help people remember that you're out there. Um, and I, I think it's vitally important. So that's another set of plugins. Um, I highly recommend coming up with and making sure that if you have um, valid uh, plugins in places, uh, posts on social media, to make sure that you have them embedded into your website, uh, preferably the home page or something like that. So if you look at SEO 411, mine are down here. My tweets are down here on the bottom. Um, these last two are ones that came out um, as part of stuff that I was posting um, off the uh, off the auto poster, but often sometimes you'll see I comment on something or I tag, a, uh, you know, I, I'll answer a, um, a question or something and those appear there. So that's constantly being interacted with. Um, uh, Facebook is really not my um, core audience. So I didn't bother with putting that in. I felt like a live Twitter feed worked better for our, our group of people. Um, so just that's that out there. Um, Let's see. So that covers that. So make sure you have some level of social plugin out there. On the social end of this, um, I would like to also mention that you need to have a way to share social posts. Now the post that the plugin that I recommend for that is called Social Warfare and it embeds into the pages I don't think I have it on the home page because it messes up the page appearance. But I do have it on the internal pages. Um, and, I, and I guess we need to talk about this here too for a second. Um, 
If you're doing plot class, I'm going to tell you blueberry is the best way to go. Uh, it's spelled oddly. It's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y is the best way to do that. Um, and it'll help generate this menu over here of all the places that you can get the uh, SEO 411 podcast or whatever podcast you're doing. Um, if you come in, I need to go look and see why this didn't put out on the main screen. But you'll see that the share buttons are right here within the post. So I have them at the top and at the bottom of each and every post um, for uh, so that they're they're handy that every post can be shared. Um, if you go back to the calendar, I think it was the calendar. I think the calendar has like 11 or 12 shares on it. Yeah. So the calendar has 11 shares. So 11 people came through, picked up the SEO calendar and shared it through Facebook. I have 11 shares there. The shares through Twitter and um, LinkedIn are not counted. So uh, it doesn't give all the other places it's done. It's only doing it through here, just so you know. Um, but you should have these. I like the fact that they count um, on pages. I have the option to put the flag off on the right hand or the right or the left hand side. If you wanted to have the floater for social media, I didn't want it on this site. I kind of thought it made it look too busy being there was so much else going on on it. Um, so, but social warfare is what I, what I recommend to make sure you have a social sharing, um, application on a website. That's another very, very important plugin. Um, the next one that I'm going to talk about is not so sexy. Okay. Um, and what it is, is the security plugin that you should be using on your website. If you have a WordPress website and you are not using a security plugin, um, you need to do that immediately. Um, we recommend iTheme security. That's what we kind of tell everybody to use. And that's what we include with our hosting. Um, we felt like iTheme security was the better way to go. It's easier to configure. It was easier for us to keep track of. Um, but a lot of people use one called WordFence. Um, and, you know, I don't have a lot of familiarity with Word, WordFence, but a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people use it. What it does is it hardens the um, WordPress install. So there's bots out there that walk looking for where the homepage for the login for WordPress is. And I dare to tell anybody that that should be moved. Your, your software should move that from the default location, which is WP-admin. Okay, so I, I'm going to strongly urge everybody and anybody to make sure that they stop, they, they change that. Because if I'm a hacker, that's the first place I'm going to go to go find out if you're using WordPress and if I can get in. Um, other things that happen when your website gets hardened is um, things that's like a brute force hack. So what a brute force hack would be. Uh, and running a server as many years as I have, you would be sh shocked at the trash traffic that comes across. But there is programs out there that I can launch a randomized username and randomized password at the username and password screen that appears on that WP login page and hack the website and get in. 
if you don't have anything that stops it, so like we, you get three tries here and then you're banned for 24 hours, which is enough time for that, that bot to walk away and not come back because it doesn't want to be trapped on a website for eight years. Um, so that brute force hack piece is, is very, very important. Um, you should not have an admin account enabled on your WordPress install. Uh, because it asks for the username. So if I have an admin account, well, if I was going to brute force hack it, that'd be the first set of words and letters that I would send it something is the word admin over and over. Admin and password would be, or admin and password one, two, three, four, because you would be shocked at how many people actually still use that level of a password. Um, it, 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 it's really not the right behavior by any stretch of the imagination, but boy, does it still go on. So this iTheme security, and I'm sure WordFriends does it too, it, it, it can stop the brute force. It removes the admin account, so the admin account can't be used. It, it, it implements things like um, strong passwords. So I know a lot of times I get a lot of people complaining at me left and right that they don't like these long password strings. Um, I'm going to challenge them and say the password strings may be a pain in the neck, um, but the reality is not having the password string and having it broken into could be far more devastating. Um, I have gone to, and I don't know that uh, everybody knows about this, but Google has an authenticator app, which you put your, you set up a website, you put your username in and it generates a number string. So a lot of my WordPress installs, you can't get into them unless you have my cell phone and can get my, my number string uniquely off my cell phone that goes with my username. Um, that's another, uh, that comes within the security software. The other thing you may see is something called a two-factor authentication that I can put my username and password in, but it sends me an email with the uh, code so that, again, you can't get in without a second form of ID because, of course, once, you know, you can break into anything, but the harder you make it, the less enticing it is. It's just like if I uh, live somewhere and I left the windows open on my house, I'm far more likely to get broken into than if I put bars on my windows and put deadbolts and steel bars on my doors. So the harder you make your website, your uh, WordPress install, the better off you're going to be. I mean, I think that's, that's a fair way to say that. Um, the other thing that I would talk about doing is making sure, and, and again, I say podcast, um, and you can see like on the SEO 411 site, the podcast is actually integrated into the website. We actually have the stream there from the podcast, from all the places that, um, of all the files and all the, all the different ones that I have. So they're all stacked up there um, so that you can see them and pick them. That's one way to do it. The other thing we're going to tell you to do is um, videos, get a YouTube stream. I actually, uh, I have a plugin for that. Um, it's called um, YouTube Embed. And it, what it does, it allows me to just simply embed the entire YouTube channel is embedded into this page. So as I add a thing to um, YouTube, it comes back and spits those results right into the class main page. So all the classes are right there where you can put your hands on them and get to them immediately. So that's the first thing. The second thing that's gone on here um, 
that we do that I use that YouTube embed for is that on each of the individual blog posts that have the class on them and have the podcast on them. Uh, I think that's the easiest way to get to it is here. All right, so that's a regular post. All right, so this is one. So this one here is the all about, this is the brand new one, the um, 117 all about keywords. Um, if, if you notice here on this one, it's got the write-up, it's got the podcast, but if you come down, I've embedded the individual videos to each and every one of them. So I make it easy for the end user to get the information on their terms. So I kind of summarized what I talk about. I put the podcast here. I put the video here. So you have three different ways when you hit this page to decide how you want to consume the information that's attached here. Um, and they're all uh, done through plugins. This one is done through the plugin that runs uh, the YouTube embed plugin. And this one is done through the Blueberry plugin that allows the embed code for the podcast to be on every page. Every page that um, has a podcast, I actually activate this, pull the feed off of SoundCloud and uh, put this into the page. So um, again, keeping in mind of how to make this the easiest I can for the end user, I think is, is the best way to um, explain that. Uh, to, to go down that road. So make sure you have, if you're doing YouTube videos, make sure you're embedding them into the pages. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is uh, WooCommerce. Um, I, get a, I get a lot of pushback in this world these days about Shopify. And Shopify has done a lot of things and sets businesses up in a way that Unless you have a whole pile of people like me, it's not really designed for you to succeed without actually knowing what you're doing. I always have felt and I continue to feel that WordPress and its shopping cart platform, which is WooCommerce, is like a broken clock. And what I mean when I say that is, if you don't know what you're doing, but you have just enough, and, you, and like those of you that have listened to me through the years, if you even did one-tenth of what I told you, and you put this, put the WooCommerce in, you have a far better chance to have a ranking website and products on a website that are ranking um, than you ever do with Shopify. Um, so although Shopify says they have a WordPress plugin, it's not genuine it's not native it doesn't run out of um wordpress itself uh, woocommerce has a lot of plugins um one of the main plugins that everybody needs to do if you if you have a store um this is where i'm at a little bit of a deficit because usually when i'm in these when i see you guys and i see you face to face i know who i have and who i don't um and I can, I can better tailor that. But for those of you that if you're having a store or you think you want to run a store or anything along those lines, you need a, a program that's called, uh, for the starters, that's called Automate Woo. And what Automate Woo does is it sends out notifications if a cart's abandoned. Um, 
And the reason that's important is because what we're finding, and I, and I, I don't know that I ever thought of this, but I, this is what's happening. Everybody knows now I can go out, I go put my information in the shopping cart and I walk away. And within an hour, I have a 20% off coupon for the contents of that cart. So the end user is starting to get trained that put your name in, put your information in, wait 30 minutes, get your coupon, go check out. Automate Woo gives that shopping cart that functionality. Um, the other thing that it does is it goes out and it solicits um, product reviews. So just like Amazon that sends you those annoying emails that says, hi, we see you bought this from us today uh, or this week. Can you go leave a review? Um, we need, you need to do the same thing. So I know I just said they're annoying, but you're going to have to go annoy people. Uh, the reason why that is important is because Google's validates those products with product reviews. The more product reviews you have, the uh, better off you are. So you want to make sure that you have those product reviews. That's the best way to do it and to solicit them. Um, you know, you can go pay Fiverr and have them go do product reviews, but intrinsically the reviews are weak. They don't sound real and you lose the credibility of the end user um, because you end up making up fake reviews and don't have verified purchases. And it's very apparent when a review is real and when a review is fake. Um, and, uh, there's, there's some, you know, there's some latent penalties involved in all of that, but user perception, you're hurting yourself by doing it. So the best thing I can tell you to do is if you're going to go sell something, please go out and go make sure you're adding in, uh, the, um, the automate woo. So you can build a funnel, build a coupon, build a, get all the things that need to be built that that program will do. Um, there is multiple different ways to do subscription services. Um, and if you look at WooCommerce's website specifically, they have called a lot of the WordPress plugins that are out there in this world um, for e-commerce that you can look through there and usually find reasonable solutions for problems like um, filtering, if I want to filter. So, um, this is a website that we're working on now. And we built the catalog using um, WooCommerce. And if you go here, you'll see it, it, this is the WooCommerce outputting all these products and all these product pictures. But this is the uh, filter system. Well, that was a secondary plugin that we had to put in that you can filter. Um, you know, it'll go in if I want, let's say I want all the black that we have, all the black tile. It gives me every, every black tile that we have. There's 14 pages of black tile for designers to sit there and look through and decide what they want. Um, the other thing that I'm going to add to this site that I also have running on the uh, lighting website too is a quote request. So off that product, I have a, a, it's called cart to quote. I can hit a button. It goes and sends me a request for a quote. I also get the person's um, email address. 
So um, that's going into my marketing software. So I'm very happy to get the uh, quote, quote to, the cart to quote request because the cart quote cart to quote request actually helps support um, our um, you know efforts to be able to get better email marketing and to get better in touch with our customers. So um, I'm going to throw that one out on the pile. But I, I, you know, I think there's other ones out there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think WooCommerce is the best. Um, there is ways to do easy digital downloads. It's called easy digital downloads. So that would be another one that you could do downloads with. Um, I'm looking for one right now and I may end up finding one. And when I do, I'll kind of end up throwing this on the list somewhere. Um, but I'm looking at one right now that will limit, uh, listens or shares. I want to, uh, I want to sell the class that I did on podcasts and how to build one to start to finish. Um, but I want to limit how many people can, how, how many times it can be listened to before it, uh, before you have to come buy it again, if you will, because I, I don't want to get in a situation where I'm selling it to somebody and then they're going in and, you know, redistributing that. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's, that story. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about, we're going to kind of come back to the design elements for a second. Um, you know, slider revolution is out there and everybody always recommend, recommends it. However, in my usual vim and vigor and fashion of things, I never go with what everybody else does. I suppose I like smart slider three. And what I will tell you is I think it's more, far more versatile. It allows you to add videos into the header of a website. Um, it allows a lot more. Um, I think I shouldn't even say a lot more. I think it's easier to use. And I think their templates are more sustainable where I think slider revolution is hard for the average user to learn how to use. So we've been recommending smart slider. Again, I have a, um, enterprise license on that. So we can hook that up for anybody that needs it that hosts with us. Um, but we, you know, slider revolutions out there. It's the one that everybody recommends, but I, I'm going to say that I really, really, really strongly feel that smart slider three does a much better job. The other thing is their support is much more responsive. It's as silly as that sounds. Um, it, it, it's been, especially with this 5.5 problem that a lot of these plugins have, I've written them and the, and the fixes are put out the next morning. So I, I, I've been very happy with the support that's been provided by the Smart Slider people. Um, slider Revolution still has its problems and I, I don't know, I've not heard from anybody on them. So that, but that just may be us. All right, um, forms I already touched on, which are gravity forms um, would be one. Um, you know, the other one out there is Ninja Forms, uh, and then there's Contact Form 7. Um, and I'm going to say um, Contact Form uh, 7 is fragile to me. To me, it's always been, I make a mistake, and um, it's uh, it often blows up. So I, I don't necessarily like that. Um, Ninja Forms has been very sustainable. Uh, Gravity Forms and Caldera Forms are the ones that we use the most of, although Caldera I'm walking away from now. Uh, the Gravity Forms has a much better 
uh, implementation of the Google Captcha system. And it also has all these um, different plugins. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example of something. So uh, back when we had the PPP loan and the Congress was stalling it and we needed the second round, I started a little website that talked about how many small businesses were in jeopardy. And we were able to get that out um, over, God, we got it all out over the United States. But I went to my system admin and I said to him, hey, Charlie, what would it take you to build me a thing that you could submit a number off the form and it would add it together? And he's like, eh, it can be done, but it's going to take me some time. And I was like, well, hold on a second. So I went and found an application that allowed things to add and dump the results to a page through Gravity Forms. And I had the thing set up in about 20, 25 minutes, no programming, start to finish with the plugin. I was able to set this up and we ran a counter. And I, I you know, I think in what little weekend that we had that, I think I ran it up, I, it got pretty high. Um, but we got, you know, people coming from all over the country to sign up and tell us how many jobs they were going to lose if that second second wave of funding didn't go through. So with that said, for you guys, I, I just, I, I, I like to try to do things that are easy. I like to try to tell you things that are, um, that work better. Uh, the other thing with um, Gravity Forms is they can be encrypted. Uh, not every form program out there can be encrypted. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's one that you should you should look at and should get involved with. Um, be, I, just across the board, it does a whole lot of uh, better better sets of situations. Um, if you are so inclined and you get a lot of questions. Uh, I am going to encourage you to run uh, WP Knowledge Base. Um, it builds an indexable, good, solid knowledge base program. And you say to me, well, maybe I'm not busy enough to have a knowledge base. But Google accepts that knowledge base and actually gives you rankings and uh, ranking props, you know, for, for having something that's that hierarchically set up properly. So it's really a, um, an, a benefit to um, have the WP knowledge base running. So I'll, I will tell you that. Um, another one to touch on might be translation. If you're looking to translate, um, let's be honest about something. Um, if you're looking to rank in foreign search engines, you need to translate the websites into those. Google Translate does not serve the purpose. So, if my purpose is to rank in Germany, I need to have web pages on a German domain written in German. Um, and that can be a little bit hard to do. There's a plugin out there that's called um, Polylang. And what it'll do is it'll let you take your existing website and spin it out to different languages on unique domains. Um, whereas Google Translate, if you're just wanting to get people in Houston and you want to be you know, hey, um, you know, I know we have Spanish speakers or a lot of Vietnamese speakers. I want to add a, a translation for them. For convenience, Google Translate is fine. But if your goal is to rank in a foreign country, Google Translate is not fine. Um, and you need something like a, 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 this Polylang to handle it. Um, and the nice thing about them is they offer machine translations, which do not rank as well in a search engine. 
um, but at least it's a way to get going, but it also allows you to come back in and do a manual translation and put the pages in. So I only have to have one website and all the translations can be handled out of that one website. And I think that's a big deal when you're trying to do multiple languages on a website. So that's another, another one. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is live chat and we recommend live chat ink to everybody, although it has a $39 price tag. So I'm, I'm on, so I'm going to say that one can be pricey. Um, you can use uh, Facebook's messenger. My only problem with Facebook messenger is that you have to have a Facebook account. And frankly, how do I say this? I don't like when I go to somewhere and chats and it knows who I am because it's pulling it out of my Facebook account. I, I don't, that scares, I don't, shouldn't say it scares me. It kind of more aggravates me than anything because I, I may not want to have told you who I am yet. I don't know if I like you enough to do business with you. So um, just be warned that um, the anonymity that may or may not come with a chat, um, the Facebook Messenger doesn't really it does say, hi, I know who you are. What can I do for you? Um, so there is that aspect to it. What I will say about chat is this. Um, again, speaking about training people and training our customers, um, we all are pretty much conditioned that when you call somebody now, you're going to get press one for this, press two for that. And sometimes it's extremely difficult to get to a live human being. Um, these ones that say, tell me what you want, and then they don't understand the New Jersey accent. Uh, to me, that's the most frustrating thing in the whole entire world. Um, so the live chat one, the, the need for a chat, I think goes up exponentially just simply because we've trained people that you can't get to a human. Um, a lot of people program their chats to answer questions in a bot format. You know, if it says this, say this. Uh, but I, I, I think that it allows you to have the flexibility to actually engage with your customers in a way that um, maybe the telephone doesn't. Um, live chats, I, I can sit and talk to somebody on a telephone and be on one support call and be answering a second one in my chat window. So I think I end up with a lot of flexibility, a lot more flexibility. The other thing I can do is be standing in HEB and answering somebody. So if you come through my, my live chat and my chat is on, I actually have the my cell phone. So um, business has become, you know, my one business partner wouldn't agree with this and says that we all should keep boundaries, but I don't really think that business is nine to five anymore. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing in the small business segment, um, most of the time people are up at eight or nine at night. They're still at work. They're still working on something. And if they need help, um, you know, you want to be available to your customers. You don't want to be to a point where up oh, it's five o'clock. There's nobody there to help you. Uh, I, I don't think the world works that way anymore. So it's very difficult to um, try to stay to that anymore, unfortunately. Fortunately or unfortunately, I mean, but I, I, I get people ding dong in the chat and my cell phone uh, morning, noon and night, you know, I mean, it, it seems to start sometimes at five in the morning and doesn't end till 11 or 12 in, at midnight. So, um, it, but I just think that's the nature of the beast. You have to decide for yourself how available you want to be. And that chat creates availability. It, it allows, it breaks a barrier 
that sometimes you you have to decide whether you want it to be broken or not. The nice thing is I can always shut it off. Let's not let's not be confused. If I don't want to be involved with a chat, I can shut it off and it's off and you, the only option they have to do is leave a message. So, but just understand that that's that's uh, that's another option out there. But everybody should have a chat plugin running on their website. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Um, you should have a way to pull Google reviews into your website. And I added that functionality and I can't remember how I did it on this one. There was a plugin that I used to do it. I'll have to remember and tell you all at a later date. But I just, I actually just upgraded it so it was able to, and it's not this test, I don't think it's this testimonials one. I actually have it that it was able to pull in off a social media site. So I hooked my social media sites up and it pulled in any of the, re the reviews that I have. Uh, and I may have to remember how I did that. Because I did, I actually had to pay for an upgrade to make that work. I don't remember what I did because I've I've got like a gazillion plugins on this website. Um, the good news is it went out and it scraped all the social media and I can see that it, let me see if I can tell where these are coming from. Because what it did is it created pages for All right, so this one will suppose is supposed to submit right back out to Google. So they should be able to do it here and it posts to my Google account. Um, but it did pull them through. I'm just wondering where the heck it is. I did it through a plugin. I'll have to remember what I did. I can't, maybe I did it here. Nope. Here it is. Okay. So it was part of the structured data schema uh, plugin that I'm running. And um, that's, that's the one that, that has it attached to it and has the reviews. Um, and this one is called, let me see, what is this one called? This one is called WP uh, Schema and Structured Data for WordPress and AMP. And I have several structured data on here and have purchased several. Um, but it's because they all don't, they all do different things. And I, I wish someday we could get a consolidated one. Um, but I did go ahead and turn the reviews on. And what it did is it pulled all the customers in that have left us reviews. Um, it's pulled them in and made pages out of it for me. So um, we have the full, the full versions of accepted reviews. And I can actually put them back out on a page and show them, which I never actually did yet. But I do need to do that. Uh, I was trying to get the review schema, so we got stars back, so people would get a five-star rating when you saw us in a Google listing. So that's another functionality that we used. Um, we talked about security. Uh, I will say that if you have appointments or you need to book appointments, consider putting a booking software on your website. I've used Bookly, got that from uh, Invanto, 
uh, I've been very happy with it. It's it's done a great job. People can make good. It integrates in my Google Calendar. Um, it'll even go as far if I want to send a um, text message to remind somebody to come to the appointment. So it's called Bookly. Very happy with that one. Um, so that's a, that's a biggie. Uh, the other one I have is the event calendar, and that's been running the SEO 411 uh, classes. Uh, it's from Modern Tribe. And uh, the good news about it on the paid for version is because, you know, these classes were all set up and they're repetitive. They're all at the same time in the same place and have been that way now for the better part of probably 10 years. It allowed me to set them up, set them up one time, and then it just go out and redo it. So I didn't have to go build a monthly calendar, which, you know, that was, that took something off my plate. So that's why that was the right way to go. Um, it, this this uh, event calendar will go as far as to, if you're running like one-time events, um, instead of paying Eventbrite, you can actually run it off your website. Um, and the thing is, is that if you have a phone, the phone can be a ticket scanner. So um, we've used that. We used it for the Disney event that we ran for the Houston West Chamber. We used the same calendar and it was able to take the subscriptions, take the um, generate the ticket, email the ticket to the end user, allow the ticket to be scanned and had the scanning software. So there's ways to go around paying Eventbrite if you wanted to. You could do the whole thing in-house yourself. So um, understand that that's an option uh, as opposed to um, paying Eventbrite out there for anything like that. Because I, I think that's kind of annoying. Um, there is invoicing software out there if you wanted to use it. There's, um, there's uh, all kinds of project management software, CRM software that can be added into uh, WordPress if you want it to be. Um, there's a lot of different options depending on what you want to do. Um, and some are, some are better than the others, I, I will say. But again, to recap, if, I, if you never did anything else other than what I'm telling you, you need a builder, you need a um, SEO um, function tool, and I'm actually going to say you probably just need a, a, a internet security, a, a WordPress security tool like iThemes. And if you never did anything more than that, you would be perfectly fine to run your website. Um, that I will that I will say. So I'm going to open up the floor to questions. I have a one o'clock meeting, so I'm going to have a hard stop here in about a, in a, in a minute or two. Um, but if anybody has any questions now would be the time to go ahead and ask them. And as always, you guys are always quiet and hiding. Um, so it's not like you're there, but uh, okay. I am going to call it a day then if, uh, if we don't have any other questions. Hey, Beth, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah. This is Karen Black. Um, I haven't very seen good you class. forever. You. How are you doing? I know. I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, so, listen, I wanted to touch base. I wanted to ask the question about Elementor. Um, can you switch the page builder if I wanted to go with Yes. You're recommended. Uh, 
So here's how it has to be done. You can run them both in parallel, but if the page is built in Elementor, you can't build that in Page Builder. So what you have to do, or in um, WP Bakery. So what you have to do is take that page, copy it, get the code for it, rebuild it in WP Bakery, Take don't use Elementor and just rebuild the page and then drop it back into that original cop, take out the text code and drop it back in. Okay, so take it that. out of Elementor, copy it, the page code, and then drop that into WP Bakery. Now, other way around. So take the page that's in Elementor, okay? Copy the page with Duplicate This. Uh, that's another program, okay. a plugin. So it's called Duplicate This. Right. You can search for that. Duplicate the page. Now you have the new page, right? You can then right. start using WP Bakery on that page and pulling out the Elementor pieces. Once you get it all cleaned up and aligned the way you want with um, WP Bakery, copy the code from the WP Bakery page, go to the Elementor page and paste it into the old fashioned text editor that's on every page. But you have to do it as the text editor. You can't do it as the, um, you know, the one that's a little more visual that's, that has, right. the, okay. You have to actually go to text so it yeah. knows it's code. Otherwise it'll convert okay. it to ASCII and mess it up. Because you don't want to lose okay. the page name. So it's a little bit tricky right. to get it. Um, usually, I, what I will tell you too, Karen, is that if I need to do, like I just did one for a nonprofit, and I was like, you know what? It's going to take me less time to do these in WP Bakery than it will for me to do all of that. So what I did was build a duplicate copy of the beta version of the website, and then actually just stand that website up and copy the pages in, rebuild the pages, name the pages right, and then just flip the two versions of WordPress. So it depends on what your, what your, um, okay. you know, what your thoughts are on that. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. You're very welcome. Sorry, the dogs are going to take off and bark. All right. So this other one says, is it still necessary to buy a site name that is older from GoDaddy? Um, you know, <laughs> no. The answer is no, and I, and I and I'm gonna tell you, yes, there is. The, let me tell you what the value of a, of it doing it is. If you get one that has good link, solid link profile to it, it's worth it. But I've stood up two in this last month that were brand new domains, and I already have ranking pages on them, and I uh, I, I just um, I'm going to say, and I guess if you're a web hosting company, I would go and get it from, from, you know, go get an older domain if I could. If I'm not a web hosting company and I'm just going to do something very localized, which is that one of this was a spa up in the woodlands. I'm like, you know, I went and bought a new domain, stood it up. Website's doing wonderfully. So Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate the positive feedback on that. So my answer is no, you don't have to go buy one from GoDaddy if you don't want to. All right. Anybody else have a question? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Can you, if I did the Yoast thing, can I go do the other one you mentioned, math, the math thing? Yes, you can. And it'll, it'll convert it for you. You can, that one you can do across the board, pull out Yoast and put it right into uh, rank math. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, anybody else? 
All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a day here. And uh, it was good to see you guys that I haven't seen in a while. I'm glad to see some of you coming back. I, I've tried to include the ACTWD folks, so I'm imagining that's how you guys remember that we were out here. Um, and uh, we'll see you all next time. And have a good one. All right. Take care. <laughs>